and welcome to Healing University. My name is Carly Terides and this is session eight of section one. We're going to be talking today and doing an in-depth study here on how Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. This is some good news, right? Because sickness and disease are a work of the enemy. And that means that Jesus has come and he's overcame so that you don't have to live with works of the enemy anymore. That's a good, that's a good news. I'm going to jump right in here in, in the book of Revelation. It talks about this a little bit. Now, we don't always read Revelation all that much, but there's some really good things in here. So if you have your Bibles with me, turn here. This is Revelation 12, uh, chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 7. Okay? It says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was there a place for them in heaven any longer. And look what happens next. The great dragon was cast out, that ancient serpent, serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. You see, the MO of the enemy is deception. This is really important to know because he's the author of all lies. I'm sure you've heard through the, through the other um, sessions in this section that sickness and disease, not only is it plan of the enemy, but it's a lie from the pit of hell itself. Look at this. It says, he was cast down, this is still talking about Satan here, to the whole earth, cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Man, this is good news, right? It goes on to say that they overcame him. Overcame whom? They overcame the devil. They overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. In other words, by what Jesus has already done for us on the cross and by what we're prepared to say about what Jesus has already done for us on the cross. And they love not their lives unto death. And it goes on into the next page of my Bible. And it says, in the next verse, verse 12, Therefore, because of, because of this, in other words, Rejoice, O heavens, and all who dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath. He's mad, right? But look at this. Because he knows that his time is short. He knows that his time is short. The deceiver's on the earth trying to deceive us into sickness and disease, and he's mad. He's mad at you because you're made in the image of Christ. You're made in the image of God himself. You possess the power, the kingdom of heaven on the inside of you, and he's mad, and he's roaming around the earth seeking whom he may devour. And here's the thing, let's look at, let's pull a few things out here um, in this scripture. In verse 10, it says, you know, even though the devil's mad and he's been cast down, he's coming down to deceive the whole world. He says, but look, a loud voice in heaven in verse 10 is saying, but now the salvation and the power and the kingdom and the authority of Christ has come. So even though de the devil is roaming around on the earth doing his deceiving job, there is salvation and power and, you know, insight and, and authority. And if you study these words out, as we are Greek scholars, right? I'm, I've written it down here in my, in my notes. Let's look at these words for salvation and power and authority, okay? So in some translations, I was reading there from the modern English version, but in like the New King James and the King James, it has salvation and strength and power. And it's the same thing, but basically the word salvation, it means much more than just your ticket to heaven, okay? It means, it's soteria is the word it's from, and it means deliverance, salvation, and health. Deliverance, salvation, and health. 
Jesus not only came to destroy the works of the enemy, he came to deliver us, to save us, and to destroy the work of sickness and disease in our life, to bring us health. That's good news. It also says we gives us strength. Strength is ours, okay? That word strength is the word dunamis. And that is the word um, for miracle working power. Not just power, but miracle working power of God, might and ability. So not only have we, got, uh, have we received deliverance through Jesus, we've received miracle working power, might and ability. And it goes on to say authority or power again in that, in that same um, scripture there in verse 10. And that's the Greek word exousia. And that means the right um, the, to, to be like a magistrate, to have jurisdiction, to have authority, physical and mental power to possess. The physical and mental power to possess. And the reason that excites me so much is it means that not only did the enemy come down, the deceiver came down to roam around the earth, but Jesus came down and through his blood we have overcome. And when it went into verse 11, it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. This is talking about Jesus. They overcame the devil because of what Jesus did, because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. But not only Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it says by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We need to be speaking about in our lives about what Jesus has done for us already. And here's the thing with sickness and disease. I was sick for many, many years. I had epilepsy. Um, I had um, so many seizures. I had brain damages. I was in, in, in a wheelchair with paralysis. I had life-threatening um, allergic reactions to things. I had juvenile arthritis. I had so many different things that the Lord delivered me from. And that's a long testimony. But I'm telling you these things to encourage you because it says, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, we overcome. And here's one of the, the things with sickness and disease. The longer that you've been sick, the longer that you've been struggling with a condition, the more you're, you're, it gets into you on the inside. And if we're not careful, that sickness and disease, those lies, those deception of the devil, that's his MO after all. He's the deceiver. We'll start to rehearse those long enough until they become truth on the inside of us. And so this session, I want us to get into and look at what are some of the lies of the enemy that, that Jesus came to break for us. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. So what are some of these works of the enemy? Because if we don't know what his works are, we won't even know that they're there to address them. We won't even know that they're there and that we have power and authority over them. So we're going to look at a few of them. Look here with, with me in uh, John 10 and uh, verse 10. It says, here, so it says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come, this is Jesus speaking, that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Man, that's powerful because I think there are many times when we're dealing with sickness and disease, chronic sickness and disease, we're just happy to get through the day. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. If you've got pain raging in your body, if you've got a chronic condition that's going on, sometimes the best that we can hope for in that moment is to get through the day. We're just trying to, we're just trying to make it. We're just hoping that we have enough strength to get us you know, through the day and to, and to do and accomplish everything that we need to do in that day. But Jesus here, he says, not only have I come to give you life, but life more abundantly. You know, there, there, there is a kind of life that Jesus paid for us to have that's way more than just our salvation. It's way more than just our ticket to heaven. We know that when we get to heaven that we're going to be healed, that there's going to be no crying, no tears, that we're going to be free from pain, free from sickness and free from disease. But the kind of life that Jesus is talking about right here is a life that goes way beyond just surviving and making it to heaven. He's talking about a power that was so strong 
that he crushed the enemy so he actually has no power and no authority and no rights in our life anymore. And that in itself is enough power for us to live the abundant kind of life that Jesus paid for. And I want to challenge you today. Don't just settle for life when you can have abundant life. Amen? Because living, living in this world is so temporary, but the Lord wants you. He has more for you. Uh, he has more for you today. He has, he has not just healing for whatever you're dealing with at the moment, but he has, he has divine health for you to walk in. He doesn't want you to be a sick another day in your life. He doesn't want your kids to be sick, your grandkids to be sick, your family to be sick in any area, in any aspect of the life, because sickness and disease is a work of the enemy. And if, if, you, if you don't believe me, you just go through and read um, chapter 28 of the book of Deuteronomy. Sickness and disease are listed among the curses that are under the law. The botch, the itch, the tumor, whatever, you, whatever it is that you're struggling with, I tell you, it's right there in the, in the 28th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. And the good news is, those, that, that chapter, half of it, it, it contains the blessings of God if people keep the law. And half of it contains the cursings if they don't. The good news for us today is that Jesus changed everything. He changed everything. Galatians 3.13 says that he fulfilled the curse of the law. So now when we go back and we read that chapter 28 in, in Deuteronomy, there's only one side of that that applies to us, and that's the blessings. And let me tell you, sickness and disease was a work of the enemy, so it was never mentioned in the blessing part of it. Sickness and disease is never a blessing. You know, I think many times um, God gets credited for things that he doesn't do. You know, I grew up in a, in a denominational background, and for many years I believed that God put sickness on people to teach them something. That was a, a lie. That was a deception of the devil. And here's the truth. You won't resist something that you first embraced. So if, you, if you're sitting there today watching this because you're trying to, to find healing for yourself, you want to receive healing for yourself, but you deep down believe that God is the author of that sickness and disease, that is a lie. That is a deception of the enemy. But you know, when we've received a lie, a deception of the enemy, the problem is we don't know we're deceived because we're deceived. But in the, in the scriptures, it says that the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, leads us into all truth. And that's why I believe you're watching this course today. It's no coincidence that you're here watching this in whatever situation. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're in a Bible study with your, maybe with your church group, with family or friends. Wherever you're watching this is from today, this is not a mistake. God wants you well. Amen. He wants you well. He wants you to be set free from the lies, from the deceptions, from the works of the enemy. And so all the time in my life, um, having had a, de a denominational upbringing, because I really believe that God put sickness on people to teach them something, maybe because he had some greater good, during those, those, those years that I had that as my foundational belief, I was not able to resist the works of the enemy in my life because I thought that God had put them there. Now, sure, God's going to bring good out of a bad situation, but he never, ever put sickness and disease on people to teach them something. That is a deception. And so when we come to understand that God is a good God, that God is a loving God, that he's only good and all good and perfect gifts come from him. You know what? He never gave a duff gift yet. How many of you, if I gave you a cancer for Christmas, would say, oh, thank you very much? No, you wouldn't. You'd say, what kind, of, what kind of bad gift is this? I'm not receiving it. That's the point. You see, we can't resist something that we've first embraced. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, hang on a minute. What if, it, what if it's too late? Is it too late for me? Maybe I've already received a bad gift thinking that it was God. You know what? You are never too late. You are here for such a time as this. So hold on. Let's look at some of these other 
lies of the enemy. And we're going to work through some of these things. And at the end, I'm going to pray for you. And I believe you're going to see some breakthrough. Because you know that Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Amen. And the truth is, when, when, I, when I discovered God's word for me and how it applied to me, it broke down the lies and the deceptions of the enemy. And according to James 4, 7, he, you know, we submit to God and, and, and we submit to God. And, and resist the enemy, and the enemy flees. That's exactly what my testimony is. And it'll be the same for you too, amen? So hold on. Let's look at this a little bit longer. You know, torment is another work, work of the enemy. Jesus didn't only come to destroy sickness, but he came to destroy the torment that sickness brings. Many people, one of their motivations for wanting to receive healing is because they are tormented by the fear of it. You know, the, the fear of being sick is sometimes is a motivation for people to receive healing. The problem with fear and torment is that it will only motivate people to a point. Fear will keep people captive. It will keep people in bondage. And fear is never from God. You know, First John, it says that perfect love casts out fear. Let's look at this for a little bit. This is in Matthew 8. Let's go Matthew 8 for a minute. Okay, Matthew 8 and verse 29. That's actually the demonic, demoniac saying to Jesus, Jesus, what have we to do with you? Have you come to torment us before our time? That's what that scripture says in Matthew 8, 29. Jesus, what have, you to do, what have we to do with you? Have you come to torment us before our time? Remember we just, were, we just read in the book of Revelation how the enemy comes to the earth, but he's mad because his time is only short. This is what was happening when Jesus came down to the earth he met the demoniac man, and the, the, even the demons recognized the power of God. They recognized Jesus for who he was. And they said to Jesus, hang on a minute, have you come to torment us? Remember, our, we're still on the earth. Our time, it's not, we're not ready yet. This is not our time yet. But they knew, even they knew, that their days were numbered. This is this, the, same, um, the same account is actually written about in the book of Luke. So if you look at Luke chapter 8, okay, this is good. He said, uh, where are we going to pop in here? Verse 26. They sailed to the country of um, Gardarinas, which is a, a, across the sea from Galilee. And he stepped out onto the land. A man from the city who had demons for a long time met him. He wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice. And said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I plead with you, don't torment me. Don't torment me. They were afraid of the power of God. He said, I plead with you, don't torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, and it often seized him when he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, but broke the chains and was driven in by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because we, have, we are many. And they entered him, and they begged him not to command him um, to go out into the, the abyss. There was a, and, then, and then we see that, that Jesus casts these these uh, demons out into the, into the swine and they run into the lake and are drowned, okay? So if you carry on down there in, um, in verse 34, it says, Then those who fled saw what had happened. This is a man that had been separated from his community. He was not in his right mind. He was overcome. He needed deliverance. He had been deceived by the enemy. And the enemy had started to operate in his life. But when he met the power of God in Jesus, he was in his right mind. Look at, look at this. He says, then they went out to see what had happened. I mean, verse 35, and they came to Jesus and they found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Clothed and in his right mind, and, in, and, and they were afraid. And it says later on that he went back 
into the, into the town where he was from. And I just want to pick this out because, you know, this man, he, he needed deliverance. One of, the, one of the works of the enemy that, that Jesus came to destroy in our lives is bondage, is bondage and torment. And fear is nothing more than organized torment. But Jesus came to torment the tormentors. Amen. He came to torment the tormentors and break people free of the bondage of the lies of the deceit of the enemy in their life. When this man met the power of God, the, the, the demonic power, the power of sickness that was in his mind, disease that was working in his body, had no option but to flee the minute that the, this man submitted himself to Jesus. And it doesn't matter, you know, how long somebody has been um, dealing with a condition for, how long they've had a sickness, how long they've had a disease, whether it's physical or whether it's mental. The root of that is still the same thing. The root of that is never from God, is always from the enemy. And the answer is always Jesus. Amen? And it doesn't matter how many demons that this man had. It didn't matter that he had so many that they, that they said it was legion, loads and loads of them. That the point is, when this man submitted that situation to Jesus, even in the midst of, of, of all of the drama and the anguish that was going on, the peace of God entered that man's life and he was set free from bondage. When the people from the village came back, they saw that man seated at the feet of Jesus. You know, one of the lies, one of the deceptions of the enemy through sickness and disease is distraction. Sickness and disease will come to distract you from the very person who is your answer. So if you're watching this Healing University course, you've done a good thing. Amen. You've submitted yourself through your time and your attention to the word of God. And this is really important because sickness and disease, knowing that it is a fruit of the enemy, it bears the hallmarks of the enemy. Okay. So if you think about this for a moment, and, 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 and I was somebody who was chronically sick. So I'm, 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 I'm not saying something to you that I haven't said to myself. Amen. But, but here we are. Sickness and disease, because it is a fruit of the enemy, it bears the hallmarks of the enemy. And sickness and disease, the longer that it has been in somebody's body, the more inward-looking, introspective we become. The more isolated we become. The more in bondage we become to it. The longer it's been going on, the longer the days of our captivity to sickness and disease, the more of us it overtakes. And this man, the sickness was in his mind. The possession of the enemy, the lies of the enemy was in his mind. And many times people fail to see, they think healing starts in the flesh, but it doesn't. It always starts in the mind. Yeah. Healing begins in the mind. When we submit ourselves to God, as it says in James 4, 7, submit ourselves to God, we begin to resist the enemy and he will flee from us. But that sickness, that disease, it's not just come to... To, to steal your energy and to steal your time. It's come to, to steal your life. It's come to steal your passion. It's come to steal your future. It's come to steal everything for what Jesus has deposited on the inside of you. Remember, he came to give you life and life more abundantly. And that's the very thing that the enemy is so jealous of you for. Remember, he roams around the earth in wrath, knowing that his time is short. When he sees you, he sees potential. He sees the type of life, the type of abundant life that Jesus has for you, and he's jealous for it. And so through sickness, through disease, and this doesn't just apply to healing, this can apply to many different things, poverty, stress, worry, whatever, whatever it is that's come against you, whatever challenge that's come against you, we're talking specifically 
here in, a, in, in the realm of sickness and disease because this is a healing course, but this could apply to anything. The enemy is trying to challenge you for something. He's trying to steal something from you because he knows you already have it. You know, the enemy can't steal something from somebody unless they already possess it. Amen? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure through this course you've learned about how healing has been paid for. It's part of the atonement. It's as much part of the atonement as salvation ever was. But most people don't pick it up. They pick up their ticket to heaven and they, they don't understand healing, so they kind of leave it on the table. But healing and salvation can't be separated. It is part of the abundant life that Jesus came to pay for for you, to live in victory in every area of your life. And that is why the enemy is fighting you for it. He is jealous for you. He's coming to deceive you, to get you to believe more in his works as truth than in the word of God as truth, because he knows, according to John, that if we were to know the truth, the truth would set us free. Amen? So here's the thing. I want to ask you a question. If a a robber... Um, a thief came to your house today, could he steal a million dollars? Now, some of you might be saying yes, <laughs> but most people in response to that question say no. And I ask, well, why could he not steal a million dollars from your house? Because I don't have a million dollars in my house. Well, if I came to your house today, could I steal a flat screen television? Most people would say yes. Why? Because I have a flat screen television. My point is this. The thief that comes to your house can only steal from your house what you already possess in it. Amen? We already possess healing. We already possess salvation. We already possess deliverance. We already possess peace. We already possess freedom and prosperity and safety and favor and healing and wholeness and friendship. We've, Jesus has already paid for these things for us. And that is why the devil is fighting you for it. He only fights you for things he knows you already have victory in. So I want to encourage you today, if you're going through a challenge, don't see it as being defeated. See it as the devil is fighting you for something because he knows you already have the victory. Now, it might not be in your flesh just yet, but hold on because it's coming soon. Remember, the devil's time is short and that's why he's so mad. Look at this a little bit. You know, the, the, uh, the, I love that passage with the, with the demoniac because at the end of the day, when he is set free by Jesus, not only... Is he set free in his mind? He is at peace. He is as submitted to the Lord. He's sitting at his feet. He says he's, he's in his right mind and he's clothed. He has his identity back. You know, when we look in the, in the scriptures, the thief is coming to steal our identity. You know, when we start to identify as children of the most high God, we start to walk around a little different. We start to walk around like kings and priests, like children of God that are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We start to walk around with the power and the authority that we read there in the book of Revelation. The power and the authority that Jesus died to give us. Amen. This is important because when we start to realize who we are, like that demoniac man sitting at the feet of Jesus, we start to clothe ourselves in our new identity. And it will, see, it will stop us from isolating ourselves from people. It'll, in that man, when he was clothed and he was in his right mind and his identity was restored to him, he was able to go back to his village and participate in family life. He didn't have to live out in the wilderness by himself anymore. He didn't have to feel isolated and alone and cut off. You see, sickness and disease will do that to you. It wants to get you away from the body. It wants to detract you. It wants to stop you going to church. 
right? He wants to make you so feel so bad that you isolate yourselves from the very life, the very power, the very fellowship of believers, the very power that's in the unity of the faith that can, that can bring you into place of healing. Healing, um, sickness and disease wants to isolate you. But when, when healing is manifest on the inside of us, remember it starts in the mind first, that demoniac man, he was restored in his mind first. Healing starts in our thinking first. And it flowed through to, that, to, to where people could see it on the outside of him. It propelled him, it, put, it clothed him with a new identity that connects him back to the body. Jesus always wants us to be in fellowship. He always wants to be in relationship, amen? And so this is, let's, let's carry on down here a little bit. Um, I want you to look at this scripture. This is uh, 1 John 4 and uh, verse 18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. This is the antidote to fear in their life. Perfect love, the love of God, casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love because we love him because he first loved us. Man, this is so crucial that we understand that. That God will never lead you in fear. He will never lead you in torment. Only the enemy does that. The enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy one of his works is fear. One of his greatest works is fear. Like I said before, sometimes people's motivation to receive healing itself is based in fear. But fear can only take us so far because fear involves torment. God is only love. He does not lead you in torment. He will not torment you. Another good reason why God, why God will never be the author of sickness and disease in your life. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. One of those is fear. We can see that in Acts, in Acts 2, uh, 21, 24, it talks about, the G this is when Jesus was held in the grave. It says, the grave could not hold Jesus because it did not have the power to do so. The grave itself could not hold Jesus because it did not have the power to do so. Man, if, the, if, if death itself is the end result of whatever sickness we're going through and death could not hold Jesus in the grave and Jesus lives on the inside of you today. Remember, as born-again believers, we have received Jesus on the inside of us. We've received the power of the kingdom of heaven, the healer himself on the inside of us. That means the power to raise the dead, heal the sick, or cause any demon in hell lives on the inside of us today. Man, that's dead-raising power. There's dead-raising power living in you today. Now, that dead-raising power is living in you today. That same sickness, that same death that, held Jesus, that couldn't hold Jesus in the grave, that means that the same power that rose Jesus from the death is living in you today. That means that the same, that sickness, that can't hold you in the grave either. That can't hold you in the grave either. I want to look at this because fear is powerful. And sometimes it is the fear of sickness itself that holds people bondage. Let's look at this in Hebrews. I'm really getting you to flick through your Bible today. Hebrews, we're going to go to the book of Hebrews, and um, let's look in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Let's start there. So then, as the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise took part in these, so that through death, as he's talking about Jesus, he might destroy him, that is the devil, who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who through fear of death were throughout their lives subject to bondage. See, it's not just sickness that Jesus came to deliver you from. It's the fear of sickness itself. The fear of, of pain, the fear of, of the surgery, the fear of the doctors, the fear of the loss of income, the, the, the fear of death, the fear of, of, of whatever it is. Fear holds people in bondage. 
And the fear of sickness and disease can just be as just as tormenting as the sickness and disease itself. But it says, Jesus came to deliver us, that he might destroy him who has the power of death. You know, death has lost its sting. That has no power anymore. The enemy has no power over us, lest we bite into his lies. The only power the enemy has over us today is deception. Fear is a work of the enemy that Jesus came to destroy. You know, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power and of love and of a sound mind. There it is again. Healing belongs in the mind first. In Proverbs, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We become who we perceive ourselves to be. So in other words, if we start to see ourselves as sick, as victims, as weak, as defeated, what we've done right there is we've bought into a lie of the enemy because that's not what the word of God says about us. The word of God says that we are the healed of the Lord. We're the righteousness of God, that his power lives in us, that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, that we have life and death in the power of the tongue, that we have faith on the inside of us that will move mountains. Man, he says that everything that we touch prospers, that we're above the circumstances and not beneath them, that we are children of the Most High God, seated in with him in heavenly places, that we are full of power and love, that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, that we have been given fruits of the spirit, that no weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises against itself in judgment, we will condemn it. Amen? We will condemn it. The devil is more afraid of you than you realize. The devil is more afraid of you than you realize. This sickness, this disease that has come to destroy you, it will not be unto death. Amen? Because the Lord says, we will, we will sing his praises. We will speak of the goodness of God in the land of the living. That we can resist the enemy and he's going to flee from us. So as you're watching this course, I want you to start understanding. Start imagining yourself. Engage your five senses in this. Start imagining yourself, not as, as maybe where you are right now, as, as, as dealing with sickness and dealing with disease and seeing death in your body or death in your family, but seeing yourself as a child of the Most High God, as defeated, as having defeated the enemy. Amen. Jesus is, it, it says in First John that this is the victory, the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. You have world-overcoming faith on the inside of you. That's more than enough faith to move a mountain, more than enough faith to, to heal the sick, raise the dead, or cast out any demon in hell. Man, when we start getting a picture on the inside of us, I tell you, fear doesn't have a place in our life anymore. Fear does not have a place in our life anymore. You know, John 16, 33, I like how it says this in the Amplified. It says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Just like the demoniac man that was healed, he left Jesus, he had an encounter with Jesus, and he left in peace. He left in his sound mind. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you may have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Man, that's Jesus speaking. 
If he's in this world, he's conquered it for us. Amen. If it's a problem in our flesh, he's conquered it for us. He has deprived the enemy. He has deprived sickness and he's deprived disease of the power to harm you. But it's that moment when we sit at the feet of Jesus and we let his peace and his power become more real to us than what we're feeling in our five senses that we're going to start to walk in the peace and confidence that it says right here in this scripture. You know, the problem is many times that people place... When I have a faith problem, they just place more faith in the words of the enemy than they do in the words of Jesus. Mm. That will preach. We place more attention sometimes on the lies of the enemy than we do on the words of Jesus. And you know, whatever becomes more true to us in our life will begin to manifest. So I want to ask, where did this fear first come from? You know, fear is not from God. It is always from the enemy. God does not lead us. In fear, he does not lead us by torment. It is a work of the enemy. But look on over here in Genesis chapter 3 for a moment. This is the first time that you'll see where, um, where fear crept into, into the Bible. Okay? In, with, uh, in the, it was right here in the garden, actually. So in Genesis, chap- in Genesis uh, this is uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. Remember, the enemy is sneaky. He's a deceiver. He's the deceiver of the brethren, right? He was more um, subtle than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God said you should not eat of the tree of the garden? And they had this conversation. And, you know, this is interesting, but the conversation that they have, there's kind of some twisting of words here. And this is the danger. You see, Eve did not get this revelation firsthand. She wasn't there when Adam had the instructions from the Lord about which trees to eat and which not. And so when, when she re- repeated the words, she twisted them a little bit. It's kind of like the telephone game, if you've ever played that. As you pass a message down the telephone, by the time it gets to the other end, the message comes out different, right? This is how, this is how Eve understood it. And so she says, God has said, you will not eat of it, nor will you touch it, else you surely die. And the serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die, for God knows that on that day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This was a deception of the enemy. This was a lie. The enemy, the serpent in that sense, remember Adam and Eve, they were in paradise. They had everything. There there was no sin. There was no pain. There was no suffering. They were in paradise. They had everything they could possibly want. They were walking with the Lord in the cool of the day. They had a relationship with the Lord, but here it is, they, she bought into a lie because she had a second-hand revelation. And I want to encourage you, if you're, um, if you're searching out healing, you're in a good place, amen? Because we, can't, we don't want to be healed on somebody else's revelation. You want to hear, you want to make these words rhema to you, not just in your head, amen? But my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit makes these words real to you. This isn't just somebody else's revelation that you hear on this teaching series, but it becomes real to you. First-hand revelation. Do you take these words and say, that's mine? Then they burst forth and healing manifests easily, amen? But this, this is, let's go back here. It says, the serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die, for God knows on that day you'll eat of it and your eyes will be open. See, this is the, this is the lie. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. They were already like God. They were made in his image. But the enemy tried to make them believe that they needed something that they didn't have already. That they were missing something. And I think there are many people that are walking in, in, in sickness and disease, and walking in, in a place of, of, just, of just pain and suffering, 
because we haven't fully appreciated everything for which Jesus paid for us for on the cross. The full package that was in the atonement. Healing is as part of the atonement. It's your right. When we start to understand where healing is, if we've received Jesus, we've received the healer. Amen. It's right there on the inside of us. But the enemy is trying to make you believe that you have to get something that you haven't already got. Or you have to do something in order to, to, to get something that you haven't already got, right? But look at what he was saying here. That you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, because Eve didn't realize that she was already made in the image of God, this is back to identity again, by the way. She bought into the lie. She bought into the lie. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to buy into a lie if it's been repeated often enough. If a lie is repeated often enough. You know, when I was a, when I was a child, I was always sick. I was always sick with some, with, with, with some sickness or disease. And so as I was growing up, I'd hear the people around me say, oh, Carly's always sick. Carly's always sick. And that became a repetitive thing. I started repeating that. Carly's always sick. She just catches everything that's going around. She's always sick. And before I knew it, being sick was an expectation on the inside of me. I had expected to be sick, and so I was sick. I expected to catch everything that was going around, and so I caught everything that was going around. My confession even was as much as this. My, you know, I'm, I just collect diseases. I had so many different things wrong with me. So many major diseases, so many things that were attacking my life because the devil wanted to take me out, right? He spots potential, I guess. He wanted to take me out. That I started to repeat even those things. And that gave the words of the enemy even more power in my life. I started to see myself as a sick person. And so I became a sick person. You know, Eve here, she started to see herself as, as missing something not quite made in the image of God, as not quite have, as needing something in order to be more like God, not realizing that she was already like God. You know, we have the DNA of Jesus on the inside of us. We carry around in us everywhere we go, the healer, if we've received Jesus, we've received the healer, amen? Christ the healer lives on the inside of us. If we've received the healer, that's all the power we need to push sickness and disease out of our body, to crush the plans of the works of the enemy in our life. In verse 6, it says, When the woman saw the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate it and gave it to her husband, and he ate. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the cool of the day in the garden, and, then, and they hid themselves from his presence. And the Lord called to the man, and he said to them, Where are you? And look at this in verse 10. He said, I heard your voice in the garden and was afraid. Because I, I was naked, so I hid myself. You know, this is the first time that we see fear in the Bible. And fear separated Adam and Eve. They hid themselves. You know what fear will do? Fear of sickness, fear of disease, fear of just about anything. It will isolate us. It is a lie of the enemy that he's using to keep you captive. Where the whole time Jesus has paid the price for you to be set free, even from the bondage of fear. Fear is nothing but misplaced faith. The faith that Adam and Eve had, that trusting confidence, that intimate relationship that was only supposed to be between them and God, they took that trust, that confidence that they started out with in God's words and they started to put it into the, into the words, into the whisperings of a serpent in the garden, telling them something that wasn't true. But they heard that as truth and they put more trust and more confidence, more faith in the words of the enemy, in that moment, they, they did in what God had told them. And because of that, fear entered into their heart, 
And they separated themselves from God. They hid themselves. They separated themselves in, within, within their intimacy from God. They withdrew and covered themselves. Fear entered their heart. You know, fear involves torment. Fear involves torment. And it will keep us at, 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 at a distance. It will distance us from the very thing, the very person that is the very answer to our problems, which is Jesus. Amen. And so we don't want to let fear uh, rule in our life any longer. We can't tolerate it, in fact. We can't tolerate it. Because, you know, the problem with, with fear, if, if, if it's left unchecked, it's going to turn into unbelief. And it's going to hinder us from receiving everything for which God had for us. Amen. Everything for which God has for us. It'll separate it. Fear is a lie of the enemy. And it has no place. Another, another lie of the enemy is condemnation. Condemnation. This is, a, this is a big work of the enemy. Condemnation. I met a man one time. And um, condemnation can, can take all sorts of forms, but usually it's something like this. Um, I, I, I'm not a candidate for healing because I'm not worthy. Um, I brought it on myself. Um, this was self-inflicted. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, I'll give you this example. I, was a, I met a man one time. He was in a wheelchair. He was probably 80 years old, and he'd been all of his life a smoker. He was a musician in, a, in, a, in bars and different things. And so he's always been around tobacco smoke. He's always been smoking. And so he had emphysema. He had a lung condition. He was on oxygen in the wheelchair. And when I went up to minister to him, the thing that came out of his mouth was, oh, I don't think I deserve healing because, um, you know, I brought this on myself. This is condemnation. That is an absolute lie of the enemy. And I just want to set you free from this today because, you know, when, when we received salvation, Christ died for us because we were sinners, not because we were so holy or righteous. Amen? And so if we can accept salvation that base, is based on, on what Jesus has done for us, why would we then say that receiving healing is based on, on our goodness or our somehow deserving of it? Or why would we disqualify ourselves because of something that we've done? Now, now here's the thing. If, we, if we're living a life, for example, um, maybe um, I'm, I'm giving you an example here of, of an alcoholic. Maybe an alcoholic has damaged their liver so badly but they get ministry to and their, and their liver is, is supernaturally healed, but then they carry on in the destructive lifestyle of, of alcoholism, then they're going to find themselves back. There's going to be natural consequences. But never at any point does that disqualify them from receiving healing. You know, your sin did not disqualify you from receiving your Savior. Amen? And, and your habits or addictions or, or bad lifestyle or mistakes did not disqualify you from receiving healing either. And when I ministered the love of God to this gentleman in the, in the wheelchair, you know what happens? Love never fails. Love sets us free from condemnation. Christ has set us free from condemnation. He set us free from captivity in every area of our life. Amen? Condemnation is not from God. This man started to weep. The love of God reached this man. He started to weep because for the first time he realized that God was just that good. That he's so good that it didn't matter that it maybe he brought this on himself. It was his lifestyle or whatever that was in that condition. He just had a revelation of the love of God in that moment. You know, Galatians 5, 6, it says that faith works by love. When we understand the love of God, the love of God in our hearts, perfect love casts out fear. Amen. It casts out condemnation. It crushes the works of the enemy. Because when we realize the love of God, we're not going to buy the lies of the enemy anymore. 
This man had a revelation of the love of God and he ripped off his oxygen. And he stood up and then he started weeping and weeping and weeping. And then he started running up and down. And everyone was going crazy thinking, this is good enough. And then I look at him and I notice, this man's pants are too short. I thought, well, maybe he's just not a snappy dresser or something. You know, I don't know. But his pants were like two inches too short. And he explained to me that he's, he's grown two inches. His spine all had scoliosis. And in the middle of that, not only were his lungs healed, but his spine straightened. That's why his pants were too short. Amen? And you know, this just came, this breakthrough came. It wasn't because the... the uh, it wasn't because of anything that we did. It was simply because the love of God, the man allowed the love of God to reach his heart and break through the lies of the enemy. You know, God has good things for you today. He only has good for you today. He has every good and perfect gift. Sickness and disease was never a gift from him. Amen? And so when you're dealing with sickness and disease in your body, man, maybe it's time to relabel that return to sender. Maybe you've received a gift that you don't want anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't a gift from God. It was a gift from the enemy. Amen. And if, if we've started to um, embrace those things in our body, but we're maybe, maybe today, I believe some of you are in a place where you're ready to step out of sickness and disease. Where you've just had enough of, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. You're sick and tired. You've realized that the works of the enemy have been operating in your life, but Jesus has come to set you free from those works. He's come to set you free from the lies of the enemy that have held you in bondage. Maybe all of your lifetime. God wants you to have an abundant life. A life that's full of vigorous. A vigorous and over-excessive, abundant kind of life. A life that's full of vitality. He wants you to have the kind of life that he died for you to have. Amen. So I think we should pray for people right now. So if you're watching at home or wherever you are, whether you're by yourself... Or whether you're uh, whether you're whether you're in a group, I just want to stretch. I just want you to stretch out your hands, and and if you know that there are people that are sick around, just lay hands on them. Believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. Believers lay hands on the sick and they recover, and that's what we're going to do right now. So just lay hands on them, and right now, Lord, we just ask you, we just ask you to make these words that we have heard today become real to us. That Holy Spirit, you open the eyes of our understanding. You open the ears of our hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And signs and wonders follow those who, who preach the word of God. Amen. They follow those who believe. Amen. And so right now, we just speak. We just release the power of God that's on the inside of our believers. That's on the inside of us in the name of Jesus. We release that power to flow through you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. To drive out all sickness. To drive out all disease. To crush every lie of the enemy. Every, every, every dis-ease. Every disappointment. Every, 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 every disorder that's manifest in your body, in your mind, in your body, in your life. Right now, through the power of Jesus, we release that healing power to flow through you and to push out sickness, to push out disease right now in Jesus' name. We take authority over all sickness, over all disease, over every negative doctor's report, over every tongue of judgment that has risen up against you. We judge you. We judge you and we call that report null and void in Jesus' name. We call that null and void in Jesus' name. We say no weapon formed against you has the authority to prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper in the name of Jesus. I come against tumors. I come against cysts. I come against overgrowth of bacteria in your body. 
I come against all of those things in the name of Jesus and we command them to retreat right now. We crush that work of Satan right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're healing someone in their knees right now. There's someone that's getting a, a Holy Spirit knee replacement. Your bones will no longer grind together. There will be no more grinding of bones. I speak movement. I release movement and ability to flow through your limbs right now in Jesus' name. To loose those people watching here from arthritis, from arthritic condition, from rheumatoid condition right now, from bursitis, from crunching of bones. Somebody's watching and you have a herniated disc. You have a herniated disc in your back, but right now your back, your vertebrae are becoming stretched. This power of the enemy is broken over you right now and we release you from that back problem. We command scoliosis to leave, backs to straighten right now in Jesus' name. New discs, nerves in your back are becoming unpinched. There's other people with nervous system disorders, fibromyalgia, neuropathy, different nerves that have become oversensitive. Right now, I speak peace to you. Peace to those nerves in your body in Jesus' name. We release peace to you in the name of Jesus. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind, peace over every system in your body. Amen. Peace over every system in your body right now in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. She is. She is. She um raised a baby from the dead in um the Healing Is Here conference about two years ago at Caris. The parents brought the baby to the conference to be healed, and um, the baby actually died during the conference. Mm. And she raised him from the dead. Mm -hmm. That's Jesus. (laughs) Anything from that? Revelation? New ideas? My mind is spinning. She used the word condemnation, that mm-hmm. there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, you know, one of the things about that word is it's sort of like, you know, you condemn a building. Like if we were to see a building out here in downtown Birmingham or whatever, and mm-hmm. they have, you know, condemned. Mm-hmm. Well, it means that it's not fit for use. Yeah, that's what the that's what the actual definition of condemnation is. And oh. you know, I think a lot of times we we get this idealism, especially if we've been sick for a long, long time, that I'm not fit mm-hmm. to be able to do something. I'm not fit to be able to go somewhere. I'm not fit to actually. You know, or worthy. The another aspect of this is, what is your self worth? Because if you've been sick for a long time and you've not been able to, you know, walk or you've not been able to do things, mm-hmm. then you automatically put a no on that thing. Yeah. So being fit for use is what Jesus came to do. He came to to make us whole, mm-hmm. right? So so. If we were a condemned building, he's renovated us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hallelujah, that's right. That's good. Yes. That's a good word. 
Sign my bathroom. I'm not old. I just need repotting. <laughs> I just need renovating. Re renovating. <laughs> That's good. She also said, "The man let the love of God reach him. Reach him. That really so that just grabbed me. I had to write it down immediately. Yeah." You know, reception, it, you know, reach him, reception, you know, if God's still in love at you, and, you know, you just keep getting hit in the face with love. Right? <laughs> yeah. You never catch it, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of times we dodge <coughs> things from God because I don't know exactly if I can have that love. I don't know if I can, if I can handle it. Sometimes we see love... Maybe we say it's not love. Yeah. You know, if you if you have somebody come to you and go, hey, you know, I'm you're having a problem. Yeah. It's like, well, let's go walking tomorrow. Yeah. So let's say walking is your problem. Let's say an example. <coughs> so if, if God, you know, if God puts on somebody's heart, mm -hmm. well, then to show the love of God is like, hey, I'll come, I'll help you, we'll do these things. Sometimes you're not ready to receive. That well, you're trying to make me do something, right? Mm -hmm. That's where our will kicks in. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times we, God will be sitting there saying, hey, I love you so much. I've sent Jesus. I've also sent other people to help you. Mm -hmm. And we don't allow people to help us. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't do those things that we're supposed to do with people. And I, th I think that's a... a uh, a good um, because I mean the guy that was in the wheelchair that he yeah. grew two inches yeah. you know his pants were two inches yeah, too short I mean he could have come up there and said I'm not ready or I don't see it mm. and there's a point where you gotta you gotta settle it in your heart mm -hmm. I believe that God is good. Yes. I believe He has good things for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And goodness and mercy are mm -hmm. following me. Oh, so stop and turn around. I'll let it catch you. I'll let it catch you. Turn around and give it a hug. Yeah, right? yeah. That's right. That's good. Back in. Yeah. yeah. Let it run over you. Yeah, right. Overtake me. <laughs> you know, when, I, when Revelation earlier tonight, I was saying that they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony. We've heard yeah. that many times. Sure, yeah. It was almost like it was a rainbow word to me yeah. by the word of our testimony because, you know, we know that whenever sickness is attacking us, we have to make positive confessions sure. yeah. and confess that we are the healed yeah. of God. And, mm -hmm. of course, this is just reiterated to, to our spirits as mm -hmm. we've seen these weeks in the past here. But, yeah. But it was just like Revelation. The word of our testimony is that we are the healed of God. Yes, so, you know, <laughs> that is our us, testimony. That is our testimony that we're the yeah. healed of God. It doesn't matter what comes against us. Praise God. Because yeah. God has already taken care of all that. Yeah. You know, and that That's way you, know, you, you receive that perfect love which casts yeah. out all fear. Yeah. Because when you have your heart full of that perfect love, yeah. Knowing that God loves you and He's healed you and He's taking care of you, yes. and that fear has to cease. Absolutely. Because you know, that's the first thing that comes against you whenever 
a, a sickness comes to you is fear. It's fear. It's fear. You know, it's fear. And yeah. we know to cast it down. And yeah. in our own human ability, we try to or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, you know, if we can believe that, that he, he loves us so much, yeah. you know, that the word of our testimony is that we're the hill of God. Yeah. You know, we're just going to wait and stand in that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. That's good. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my new motto. I think I'm going to start telling everybody I see that. God's got good things for you today. <laughs> God's got all kinds of goodness for you today. I love that. Believe it. God's got all kinds of good for you today. I liked her example about the enemy can't steal something that you yeah, like don't that. have. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought yeah. that was... Me, that was really yeah. That's yeah. New. Yeah. That's I why he comes. That's yeah. why he comes so hard against us is because of what we possess in Jesus. Mm -hmm. He knows what we have, and how many believers don't know what they have? Mm -hmm. The enemy knows that they don't know. So, and the sad thing is that they don't want to acquire it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That truth, it's in the Word. Mm hmm. That's true. Mm hmm. That's good. Also, the, the distractions. Yeah. You know, how many isolates and distracts and mm -hmm. just all of that was. Um, my husband has Crohn's and mm -hmm. has had it forever and ever. And he's really had a hard time the last, well, since uh, COVID. And um, he's like down to like 142, you know, so he's mm -hmm. really um, struggling. And where people worry about their weight, about gaining weight, he's the opposite, mm -hmm. you know, and he can lose five pounds over a weekend, yeah. you know, yeah. just like that. And I, the whole time, I hate to say I wasn't thinking about myself, I was thinking about him. Sure. You know, and the, how I see it, see all this stuff in him. Mm -hmm. And how he, he is isolated. Mm -hmm. And how he is... Um, you know, he does things to distract so you have to think about being sick. Yeah. Even though yeah. anyways, I would love for him to come. Would love would love for him to see this actually. Yeah. How can you plant a seed? Yeah. yeah. Pardon me. How can I plant a seed? Mm -hmm. So it I think it's it, when you're the wife. I don't know about about everybody here, but he doesn't want to hear it from me. Right. You know, he needs to hear it from another man, actually. It's kind of sad to, to say that about myself, but he just doesn't want to hear it from me. Because I'm, I'm the positive one, so I'm always saying something I think is positive, and he doesn't want to hear that. You know? I do believe sometimes family doesn't, they won't receive it. From their immediate, I see it in my brothers all the time. Sure. There's things that we have told my younger brother over and over and over again, and he would not receive it. One friend yeah, tells him the exact same thing, and all of a sudden it's like this revelation. Yeah. And he comes to us and he's sharing this with us, and we're looking at him like, 
we've been telling you this. <laughs> and he looks at us like, no, you haven't. So I asked that question exactly. How, how do you want to see? So, you know, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest for people to come and harvest. See, what we have to understand is that there's some people who plant, there's some people who water, and there's some people who harvest, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're not a seed planter. Mm -hmm. So you just said something that was perfect. You can't plant that seed. Mm -hmm. So we have to pray that the Lord sends a seed bearer, someone who has that seed that, that can come and plant it in his heart. Because you could bring him here and he may go, not going to receive it. Yeah, he probably would. But see, this is for people who are ready to receive. I mean, we all showed up here, right? We didn't, like, Susan and I didn't take the TV and the computer and run over to your house and go, Drag you right, here. Man, you got to watch this, you know. It was, we're going to do this. You Anybody want to show up, yeah. you know, and everybody here showed up, right? Wow. So the thing is, is that this is not playing, this right here is watering where we've said, we already mm -hmm. believe for him. Yes. So we're watering to see a manifestation mm -hmm. of a harvest. Mm -hmm. He needs a seed planter, yeah. a seed bearer. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think that's something that we can agree that there are people that come across his path that are going to be people that he will open his heart up for the seed to be received. Absolutely. Let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, I thought something that was interesting, so I want to pray for that. But anybody want to have hands laid on them? Do they want prayer? You know, if if you say, "Hey, I received it all. We we've already <laughs> taken care of that. That's fine." But if you want people to agree with you, we're here to do that too. I don't want us to walk away Absolutely. going, "Well, no one laid hands on me, and I feel like I need." You know, yeah, yeah. I needed, I needed the, the hymn of the road, and mm -hmm. there yeah. was not one. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah, this is a healing place. So, can we pray for Pam's husband? Yeah, what is his name? Mike. 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 All right, so we're going to get an agreement from Mike that there's going to be an opportunity for a seed bearer that, he, that he'll open his heart up to. Okay? So, Father, we come in Christ Jesus' name. I just thank you, Father, that you are bringing about a seed bearer, someone that can actually bring the seed, Father, that he needs for his healing, for, for his uh, salvation, if you will, in this area of his life, that, that can revelate him, Father, to the understanding of soteria in his life, Father. I pray in Jesus' name you're bringing about the right person, the, the person that he can receive from the easiest. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that, that once that seed is there, that you will also bring across his path people who will water that seed, Father. And I thank you, dear Lord, that it is going to be a quick thing. And I thank you, dear Lord, that you're also going to bring a, about a harvest, Father where he will eat from the fruit of his health, Father. 
And we just thank you for it. We praise you that we're in agreement. And if any two shall agree on earth, it shall be done as it is in heaven. That Jesus is in the midst of us. And I thank you, Father, the Holy Spirit is bringing about this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Since Barbara's standing up, she has a testimony. <laughs> I have a revelation. <laughs> Not really a testimony. So I hadn't really read the verses before Jeremiah 29, 11 until tonight. And so I was reading it, and I got stuck last week when you said captivity. Because I do believe I'm captive. But I kind of blocked out the rest of it that you were saying. And so as I was reading... Tonight. That's right. Most people do block out most of what <laughs> Well, you know, I get stuck on a word, and that's what draws me. It's like, yeah. oh, because it was really profound. It really helped me last week. Like, that was huge. So I was reading this just before the break, and I was reading the part where it says, The Lord Almighty, God of Israel, sends the message to all the captives he has exiled in Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food you produce. Marry and have children, then find spouses for them and have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of Babylon. So, in addition to all the stuff going on at work, I have so many people, even my own thoughts at times, to quit. Find another job. And I've never really felt that. There's been a couple times doors possibly opened, or I thought they were, and they were shut. And I know I'm blessed where I'm at for many different reasons, especially of traveling to and from Wisconsin. And, and so like, I read that tonight, and I'm like, to me, that was just the word of stay the course. Mm -hmm. The Lord's not telling me to leave. Mm, He's telling me to stay, and he will work it out for me. Mm -hmm. He's got some plans for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that, I needed that, because I can't tell you how many times in the last few weeks somebody's told me something. I even had a friend of mine literally contact somebody at her work and said she's looking for a job. <laughs> you know? And it's like, and then she brought up, like, commissions. And, and I'm looking, I'm sitting here on the phone going, I hate numbers. <laughs> like, I'm not going to change jobs just to get out of a situation. Sure. You know? <laughs> so it was just kind of funny because then I really kind of put this like, ugh. But that was huge. Like, I went back and I was like, like, I heard the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's like, it was just more than just being held captive. It was, I'm not being told to move. Right. That's good. That's Which was a awesome. really bringing fear too, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm too old to be switching jobs. I don't know that. I, but I like what I do too. I like what I do. You know what's funny is I, I typically <coughs> like for myself. So I'll speak to myself. Okay. So what what's happening in, in me this week is I my job has changed for me. I was the no guy. I was the security guy, right? So everybody, everybody hated the security guy because he had to say no. Well, 
you know, I've, I've had so many things where I wanted to quit, I wanted to go somewhere else. And the Lord just said, stay the course. And, you know, about the time I learned something, then the opportunity opened up. About the time that I learned that I don't need to keep going around the mountain, I need to actually uh, abide, I, I need to go mend fences, I need to go do things that the Lord's been telling me to do all this time, that's when I'm like, well, hey, I just love my job. Because I was telling Heather, I was like, I just love my job now. I just want to stay where I'm at. It's perfectly fine. And then the next thing you know, they're like, no, now we want you to go tackle something that's three times harder. And you're going, well, why in the world, Lord, do you want me to go over here and do this thing, right? But see, sometimes, sometimes the benefit... And I said this, I said this this past week because after that that word came and we were talking, I put it in my sermon this past mm -hmm. week. And one of the things that I, I said in that was that, you know, Israel was worshiping and doing things like Tamolik, throwing babies in the fires and doing all kinds of stuff, right? They lived in captivity before they went to Babylon. Mm -hmm. Babylon, they learned something. And then they were able to go back to Israel. And they didn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, that was one of the things that, that I, I think is important is the fact that we sometimes have a... Um, we sometimes have to go, i got to be put in a situation where I can see what is good. Because I was living in hell over here, but I didn't know I was living in hell. Right? So God separates us and puts us somewhere else. And we start to see things differently. Now, that doesn't mean a physical thing all the time. Sometimes that means a mental thing. So... There's been many, many times where in my life where God has shown me things. And so I'm, I'm going to encourage you that where you're at, prosper. Yeah. Let God show you what to mm -hmm. do in that situation. And there's going to be a point where you start going, man, I hate what I'm doing. And then you're going to be like, you know what? <laughs> this is not too terribly bad. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, I love what I'm doing. And then there's going to be a point where God goes, okay, now you're ready. You're, you're ready to go take on more, the next step. Because it's always the next step. You will find that if you go somewhere else, there may be the same problems that you've got right now. <laughs> right, and yeah. maybe even worse. Yeah. The biggest problem isn't so much what I do, because I do all kinds of things, and I have, I'm a problem taking on more. It's, I have a problem saying no. I don't. We don't. We, I mean, we just don't have enough people doing the amount of work that we have. And so, I'm, I'm loyal. I'm dedicated. I can't do less than. And there, we have time frames that we have to get things done. So, like literally, like, I just stay up late. I work well over forty hours a week to get it done. Oh yeah, you. And I feel like I, I'm never. I'm never getting caught up. Yeah. It's just the revolving, I'm, not, I'm that little squirrel on that little revolving wheel so that just no keeps going round and round and round. And 
It didn't happen until I moved here because they literally took a job of 14 people and moved it down to five. And they haven't fixed that. So, so, and they may not, but you Probably sometimes have to figure out Right. How to how to go? Not my problem. I'm a, I'm a human. I can only do so well, much. Well, and that's my mantra this year that the Lord has given me: let it go. Yeah. And it's a slow work in progress, but I'm getting better. But there are days where I just, you know, and not so much to let it go. I struggle of I'm just tired. You know, literally last week, Tuesday, I stayed up till 3 30 in the morning. Wow. The night before that was 1 30. I was so tired on Wednesday. I guess so. I told them, I said, I'm going to be a little late. I woke at home. Yeah. But basically, don't expect me to clock yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm sleeping. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, by the time um, the, week, the day was over, I wasn't done with everything. I felt like I was in a breathable place. If that's, and I, I was going to go back to work around seven, but I decided that I, I'm just going to go lay down and close my eyes for a moment, just to rest them. And I was listening to our Wednesday night service, and um, I was still awake, but I didn't feel like I was like, I think I should stay. I'll cold. I was I'll cold until. And I woke up a couple times, and it was like, let's do, you know, it was like after 10, and I was like, oh, I should really get up and go and finish it. And I'm like, well, that's just dumb. And then you're up till like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning again, and we're stuck, you know. Yeah. So I told myself to just leave it alone, get up early, go in there. And literally, I did it. 25 after 5, I got up and literally did nothing. I just walked straight to the room, turned on the computer, yeah. finished up what I needed to do. Somebody saw me online at 8 and was like, <laughs> and I, we do the teams, and I always put myself on camera, and I'm like, don't pay attention to me, because, and she's just like, please tell me you didn't stay up to five. And I said, oh, no, <laughs> no, it was a little bit, but, it, you know, that taught me a big lesson. And I do think, I've been really lazy about, like, I, I've had this attitude. I've already put in all these hours. I was up to 3.30. They're getting me when they get me. I'll get to work when I get I'll start when I want to start. That's the attitude I've had for the last couple of years. And I think the Lord's been working with me. It's like, Because, you know, I, I do think if I force myself to get rid of that attitude and start earlier than my normal time, I could. Because well, I took the time frame out from nine to six because I'm like, why should I work any earlier? Because I'm going to end up working past six o'clock anyways. And, yeah. But it probably would be better. So Set your hours. But now I got to train myself to do that because I've been so out of that habit. But he has been working like it is. It is a mind thing right now because I've had a bad, bad attitude. I've been ignoring him, telling me that I. Jesus so. heals attitudes too. <laughs> I know. Because I've had that one before. Yeah. But so I do. All these little pieces are helping. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Good. Especially when I came back and actually read it. Like I wanted to have it all read. I even wanted. To, you told me Philippians four too, and I was like, 
I, I was coming here and I'm like, you had a whole week. You, had, you know what I did this weekend? I rested. Good. Good for you. And I'm like, I did even, I'm like, you had all weekend to do those. And I'm like, I'm going to show up. I hope he doesn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not homework checks. No homework. Oh, we don't do homework checks. No. It's for you. It's for you. Oh, I know. But that's why it was like beforehand. I was just like, this, this And so you read it and God spoke to you right there. It did. Yeah. Awesome. It really did. Awesome. Praise God. Bye, Betty. Well, let's just say this. Whether you get the revelation last yeah. Tuesday or you got it this Tuesday. That's right. You got it, right? You got, you got it. Either way, you got God it. God is patient. He is. He is. He's so patient with us. Maybe you weren't ready to receive it last week. And this week you were. Right, I was stuck on the captivity. I'm like, I like that word. Yes, I have to. It was right where my mindset was, you know. This week I was a little bit more open.